sucker, period. No, I am a, <laughs> I am a sucker for any type of behind-the-scenes type of show or moment. I'm a sucker for anything that shows you, like, goes into a locker room when it comes to athletics or into a war room when it comes to a political campaign. Uh, I unapologetically cry my eyeballs out when I watch viral videos of, like, Cody from America's Got Talent, both blind and autistic, who gets that golden buzzer. Um, because when you see that crescendo moment, you recognize for the mom it's been a whole journey to get there that we're seeing just the tip of the iceberg, but the reality of what is going on behind the scenes, the same thing we celebrate the Raptors' victory, we celebrate the victory of the championship. I know. It's like the Blue Jays and Raptors, I will, the only things, the only sports teams in Toronto I'll celebrate are those two. When it comes to hockey and the, the Leafs ever win, I'm never mentioning it. So, but it's been about 68 years, so I think we got some more time. Um, <coughs> But I love seeing behind the scenes. Parenting is the ultimate behind the scenes reality of life. You know, but with parenting, there's no such thing as like the music begins to build so you know it's a crescendo moment. Or it's edited in such a way. No, no, parenting is unedited. There is no script. There are no crescendo moments. There is nothing being given in this moment. Say this. Oftentimes, you can't see or predict the moment that's coming. And so if there's a one word that I would use to describe fatherhood, it is humbling. Fatherhood is humbling. Being a parent is humbling. And there is a process that all of us go through as men, that we must go through the process of saying, I got this. And our own wisdom, our own intellect, our own compassion, our own whatever-isms you want to put in there, that I got this to a place of, no, God's got me. And because God's got me, then you got this. But I want you to know that that is no easy process. And that is not a one and done process. That is something that we experience over and over and over and over again in our lives. One of the things that I'm so grateful for when I read the scriptures, when I think about my life, and if I were to write an autobiography, I would edit my autobiography. But I love that the scriptures oftentimes are unedited. And so for every man here, I want to speak a message of hope. And for every person here, I pray that today would be a message of healing. In the Bible, there is a man by the name of Peter. We first see him. His name is Simon. And he is someone I believe that we, you know, we can all look to, to hope for hope. We talked a little bit about his story last week on Pentecost Sunday. He is just a regular guy making an honest living as a fisherman. He has purpose on the inside of him. He is one who puts his foot in his mouth all the time, but it's how God has wired him. And yet he makes one of the most critical decisions that every single man is confronted with by the love of God in their lives. And it's what are you going to do with Jesus? Are you going to live your life? I got it. Or are you going to allow yourself to be rescued by the love of God? Are you going to allow? So he makes this decision to follow Jesus, to be an apprentice of Jesus, to learn the way of Jesus, that he recognizes that he's in need of saving, in need of transforming, and that he can't fix and heal himself. 
But this is not a straight process in his life. It's up and it's down, it's up and it's down, just like it is in all of our lives. But Peter does say yes to follow Jesus, and it changes everything in his life. And his following Jesus, like every man in here, is far from perfect. He does not do everything perfectly. The world does not need perfect parents. The world needs humble parents. It needs men and women of humility. And it takes years for Peter to learn, move from I got this to God's got me to then you got this. It takes a while for him to learn that. We see again, like, it, it, there's this moment where all the disciples are on a boat and, and they see Jesus walking on the water. Turn the person beside you and go, that's, that's, that would be odd. You know, it wasn't winter. It wasn't in Canada. Then it's not odd at all. He's just going ice fishing. But we see Jesus walking on the water and Peter's the one who steps out of the boat. And if I were Jesus, turn the person beside you and say, thank God you're not. But if we were Jesus, we would promote people at the crescendo of their life. Like at the pinnacle moment when he steps out of the boat, when no one else steps out of the boat, that's the moment that we would crescendo them, we would call them out. Those moments are pivotal, but that God's ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Again, Peter oftentimes puts his foot, his whole foot in his whole mouth. Oftentimes he does those things. And there is no question that one of the things that Peter is most known in his story for is denying Jesus, not one time, but three times. Something that none of us would want in our autobiography, but it's in his story. Yet what often goes under the radar when we look at the life of Peter is something Jesus says to him in a very powerful moment. And so this morning, I want to talk to every single man, if you're on top of a mountain, man, I just want to get wind in your sails and keep going, keep celebrating the view, keep celebrating the mountaintop. But I also want to talk to men who disqualify themselves. I want to talk this morning to men who wake up every day, that we can sing a song, oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, but that is not easy. You can sing it, but your heart doesn't believe it. Every single time in the gap between who you are when you fall down, you don't view God like this. You view God like this. And you fight to ground your life into the love of God. And it's a gift he gives us every day, but that gift is not easily received. I want to talk to you afresh this morning. I want to talk to men for whom faith isn't always up and to the right, that it's a struggle. I believe Jesus has a gift for you on this Father's Day. Because what we're going to see in a, story, in a scripture that we read, in a story that we read in Peter's life in just a moment, is whether you're on a mountaintop or in a valley, whether your life is successful right now or whether it's, you're walking through a season of failure, I want you to know that at either location, Jesus has already placed provision in your current predicament. The current place where you are. And here's the thing. Oftentimes you might say, well, Success has taken out, I think, more men than failure. So there are things that Jesus places in both that we need, but I'm going to focus a little bit more down here this morning than I am up here. But both are pivotal places because here's the process, that when you and I experience failure, we can move from I got this to God's got me, but in success, we can quickly move back to I got this. 
And there is this place of continual humility of saying, no, 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 I'm going to walk away. When I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Childish things is believing that we are self-made men. What a foolish thing to believe. Every single one of us need the gift of grace from God, but also others in our lives. So we want to talk about that this morning. I want you to get the picture. Twelve disciples, all men at this point, sitting around the table. There's ever evidence of why we need women around every table. This is the one. Jesus is about to be betrayed, arrested, and crucified. He's having a final meal with his disciples. It's Passover. And you know what the men are talking around on the table? Who's the greatest? I'm not making this up. They're literally sitting. He's about to be betrayed, crucified. They're all going to scatter. And they're sitting around the tables talking about which one's the greatest. And I'm sure Peter's going, which one of you got out of the boat? Because we have selective memory. We don't remember that we almost drowned and Jesus had to remember us. All we remember is, I walked on water. That's all we remember. Selective memory. I can imagine that. So they're having this conversation. And then as a man, here's what you're going to experience, what you have experienced, what you have not maybe yet, you will. There are always, as a man, there are always gaps between where you believe you are and where you really are. And in life, those things surface in our lives, and they are not always fun moments. I want you to notice, Jesus is the one who changes Simon's name to Peter. Now, Simon means that he's a reed, easily move and bendable. Peter is rock. But I want you to notice something powerful. Let's read the scripture together. I'm going to stop a couple times as we do. Simon, Simon, truly, truly, verily, verily. In other words, listen up. That's what the scripture is. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you. Turn the person beside you and go, that's not good news. That is not encouraging right there. Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. Pause. Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you, but I prayed for you. Now, those three in Greek are plural words. So he says, Simon, Simon. But in other words, he's saying to all 12 of them, hey, listen up to this moment. Satan has demanded all of you. Okay, this is plural right here. But then he says, he's demanded to sift you like wheat. To be sifted like wheat means to be shaken so violently as to be separated from. To put through a sieve, that there's a pressing, there's a crushing. It is to separate you from. Here's what I want you to know. God will separate. There will be a shaking from God that is meant to separate us from sin, separate us from self-reliance, separate us from pride, separate us from actually not seeing ourselves the way he sees us. There's those types of things, but there's a spiritual enemy that wants to separate you from faith, separate you from community, separate you from who you really are in Christ. And so all of us, none of us will escape sifting. God only sifts to make us more like Jesus. The enemy always sifts to make us more like ourselves. See, the enemy doesn't care which one gets you, man, success or failure, as long as one of them gets you. So Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you, that you may sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. Aren't you glad that Jesus is praying for us? The scripture says right now that the son makes intercession, Jesus makes intercession for us, that your faith may not fail. And now it gets singular. Now he turns to Peter Watch what he says. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. 
And Peter said to him, Lord, watch. In other words, watch what Peter says. Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to the death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. Jesus tells Peter the truth about his life, but Peter is believing into a false identity about who he really believes he is. How many men today live into a false identity? That we believe that success makes us, it'll overcome these things. No, 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 no. He is in this place. And he doesn't even hear what Jesus is saying because he's blinded by pride. Can anyone relate? Oh, man, I can relate with both hands and both feet up in the air. Again, he mistakenly, Peter here is in this place. Even though he's learning, he's apprenticing, he's got to learn. It's not about, I got it. It's about God's got me. He's got to learn that. As a father, as strong as we are, you will find yourself as a parent facing not strong enough moments. As a dad, I have these moments with Treff, with Parker, with Emma, and with Allie. I am the farthest thing from a perfect parent. Everyone is saying, no, we never thought you were. <laughs> totally. I can't count on my hands and feet the number of do-overs that I would have wished. The number of moments where they were there, but I was distracted. You know, as the journey of all of our lives is as parents, it's, it's our job to give our kids grace. And everyone said? And truth. And everyone said? Usually that one gets a little louder, amen. But, but how many of you know it's also the journey of kids to give parents grace? And truth. And this is hard for all of us. I mean, the greatest humbling experiences we can have in our lives are when we realize that we're not strong enough. So men, I'm telling you, maybe you've already had a number Babe, you've had, some of you, as I began to talk this morning, your spiritual enemy is in your ear because he's reminding you of your not enough moment. And it's almost louder than anything else that you can hear. But I take authority over that voice in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would hear the love of Abba Father, God your Father. Because what we look in the scriptures, one of the things that we see is that Every single one of us, though they are different, we all have moments where we're not strong enough. We all have moments where our not enoughness comes to the surface. And in this moment, again, as I said, if I was God, when Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on water, that would have been the moment to say to him, man, I'm going to use your life. Yes, you're going to do these things, but I'm going to use your life at Pentecost. I'm going to use you to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. I'm going to use those stubborn parts of you. I am going to use every gift, talent, and ability, every mouth and foot. I'm going to use it. I would lift them. That would have been the moment, but God seems to use the moment of his failure to reveal, Peter, it's not in your intellect, in your wisdom, and in your strength. There is something that you got to learn, that you got to get down here as a man that you can't get anywhere else. 
Because Peter, down here, after you've betrayed me, after you've denied me, Peter, it is down here that you need to be baptized afresh in the love of God. It is here where men, we battle with our worth. It is here where we battle with our identity. And it is here, men, when we are down, when we fail, when we blow it, it is here where we revert back to I got it or God's got me. See, Jesus said to Peter, not only what he was going to do in terms of his failure. Jesus says to Peter, you're going to fail, but down here you are going to discover that God's love never fails. You are going to discover down here that when Jesus says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, he means it. And Peter, you are going to learn something down here about grace and humility. You are going to learn something about the Father heart of God that no success can bring your life. You are going to learn about grace to others. You are going to learn about not just yourself. You see, men, when you fail, if you only learn something about who you are as a parent when you fail, if you only learn something about your failure, you're not learning everything you need to learn. Learn about the love of God in this place. Learn about the unconditional, overwhelming love of God here. Allow him to touch that area of your life, heal that area of your life, move into that area of your heart. Men, don't power up. Fall back. Strength is not holding it together. Men, strength is knowing when to come apart. The world is drowning in toxic masculinity. And it needs men who have been embraced by the love of the Father in their failure. Who don't need to beat their chest. Who've been humbled. Who are asking God to transform their heart. Because what do we see in the scriptures? Not only has Satan demanded to sift you, not only Peter thinking, man, I'm all this. Here's where Jesus places purpose, not after the water walking. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Those three words, strengthen your brothers, that's purpose. In his lowest point, when he feels that he's blown it, that there's nowhere else to go, Jesus said, don't stay there. Grow from there, but don't stay there. And when you have turned again, turn which way? Don't turn back to being arrogant. Don't turn back to, I got this. Don't turn back to power up. Men, the gospel is not power up. The gospel is Jesus did so that you can fall into God. You've got this. I've made a mess. I'm a Humpty Dumpty, but Lord, you still put Humpty Dumpties back together again. It's your specialty. Jesus places his purpose in his pain. Purpose in this place. It's a powerful thing to see. Again, two forces in that moment to sift him like wheat, to separate him from men. Listen to me with both ears and your whole heart. There's a predictable pattern to sifting. You will, be, you will find yourself being sifted from community as it tries to sift you from faith. There's a predictable pattern to this over and over and over and over again. 
What does Jesus say to Simon Peter? He says to him, strengthen the brothers, not strengthen yourself. You see, the love of God is not only meant for you, it is to transform the way you strengthen others. I want you to also notice that Jesus in the story that we just read said, Simon, Simon. And at the end he said, Peter, I want you to know, and some of you need to hear this with your heart, with your soul, not your ears, because your heart doesn't believe it. Your head hears it, but your heart doesn't believe it. He is the God of Simon who fails and Peter who stands strong, not only the strong Peter, he is the God of both. When you fail, men, what's your next turn? If you believe his father's heart is open wide, then he is the God of Simon and he is the God of Peter. But if you believe that he's a stern father, perhaps like your father, that only gave you anything based on performance, then we go back into I will make you proud. I want you to know the moment you were born, your father was proud of you. Some of you as men have never heard another man say, I am proud of you. So in my frailty and my failure, may I do one thing, step into the heart of the Father and say to those of you online or in this room, from the heart of God to your heart, Jesus says, I am proud proud of you and your failure can be screaming loud right now. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. No, I may not know everything that you've done, but I know what his son did. And his son says you have infinite worth and value. So don't root your identity in what you did. Root it in he is dead. His arms are open wide. A little sweaty in here. <laughs> Men, please consider this today with your whole heart. You've got this when you allow others to get you. You've got this when you allow others to get you. For Peter, his healing was yes with Jesus, but it was also worked out in community with others. Strengthen the brothers. You know, when the dream dies, this is when and where we need to be strengthened. How many of you know that there are picture-perfect moments in life, and then there's just life? <laughs> your life isn't your Instagram feed. That's your highlight reel. Life happens between the photos. That's the real life. I mean, all of it is beautiful, but that's life. In life, we have pictures that are perfect. Like a finish line of gold, silver, or bronze. And in that moment, maybe there you find the embrace of a father. Those are pictures that we have, and then sometimes there's life. And I want everyone, man and woman, to know that as we're all called to run our race, we're all gonna be lame at some point. 
And you may look around and you may be blessed with an amazing father. In that moment, who picked you up? But there may be many of you who say, well, I looked around and I saw no one. I want you to know that your heavenly father was present. You can't cross the finish line with somebody. But in life, there's more than one finish line. And your father who began a good work in you, he's going to be faithful to see it through to completion. If your life is not to be run and race in competition with others, but in the completion of the love of a father. So on this Father's Day, God, we say from our hearts, happy Father's Day for seeing in us what we cannot see in ourselves. Amen. You might be here and you're going through a season of sifting. You got this. Stay connected to Christ, yes, but stay connected to community, even the community that annoys you. Men, you might be here and you feel unworthy. You got this. There is provision in the place of your pain and your your failing. Purpose hasn't missed you. Man, you may be here and you're fully engaged. You got this. Keep stepping out in faith, blazing a trail, stepping in purpose, but don't let success go to your head. Let humility go to your heart. And man, you may be here and you don't yet know Jesus. To you, you don't yet got this, but you need this. Would you have the humility to open your heart to Jesus today? Every one of us, let's put our hands out in front like this. Together, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way I am, yet loving me enough not to leave me the way I am. I move from I got this to you got me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.